<laughs> I don't have questions. I'm, I'm at Get Parts with Sue Cost- uh, Costello. I don't have questions. I do have to say this, though, first. This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast is sponsored by Books, B-O-U-Q-S, books.com slash Opie. Use the promo code Opie to get 25% off your flowers for Valentine's Day. Now on with the show. All right, we're here at Get Parts, and I'm sitting with Sue Costello. She thought I had a question. I don't have questions for you. This is the most professional show that I've ever done. I just wanted to say that. Thank you for having me. Why you? Why you think it's so professional? Well, because we had to wait for the music. <laughs> yes, we and then did. You wanted me to go in the park. <laughs> yes. You said it was warm out, and it's like 42 degrees out. It, that's that's uh, warm in New York City in that's the middle guy of winter. Warm. That's guy warm. Yeah, girl warm is. What's girl warm? 70. 70. Yeah. Oh, you have that all figured out, do you? <laughs> oh I've done God. the math. <laughs> you did the math, okay. And also, uh, we have Robert here as well, who knows you from the Boston days. Yes, he does. Yes, I do. Hi, Robert. How are you, Sue? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Wicked Pisser. Wicked Pisser. I love that. I miss that accent, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, you never lost your accent. How, oh, how I many love years? My accent. How many years out of Boston? I've been out of Boston for like 20-something years. And you still have that yeah. much of a Boston yeah. accent, but I bet when you go back to Boston, they're like, oh, man, you've lost your accent. No. No? Okay. No, because they're, they're proud that I kept it. Because I always say, I mean, I've done interviews with it, like for my play, like theater people. Yeah. And they've turned the mic on. The first thing they say is like, why do you talk like that? You're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, way to take the knees out from underneath me as soon as like, you turn the mic on. And I've had to like really like brace myself and be like, well, I, one lady I said to her, I said, I, I feel like you're uncomfortable because I, I'm reminding you that I might be working class. She goes, why, yes. Yes, it is. Like she didn't even know, like she was judging me and I had to like hold on to myself. Oh, really? Yeah, because I said to her, I said, you know, English people have their accents and they lose it when yeah. they have to do something. I, I laughed hard because when I was up in Boston for that three, I guess about three years before we blew the whole thing up, the women, really sexy, but the, but the accent drove me nuts. See, I lost my virginity to a girl from Boston <laughs> and it is just burned in my head. Fuck oh, yeah. me, Hannah! That's it right there. Harder, harder. Bang me harder. Oh my God. That's what gets you off, Robert. Back then it did, but you know, there's still a little residual piece of that, you know? Wouldn't I hear that, be that funny accent. If it became a fetish? Wouldn't that be funny if it was his fetish? Like, that's all he can do? You have to do it in a Boston accent. I need you to do like a series of Red Sox thing right now. I need you to just start calling out players' names. That's that was wicked piss. You banged me hard. Oh my God. No, it used to drive me nuts because we would get the girls to call up and, you know, do all their sexy shit. But their the accents without seeing them was, always was a turnoff. Well, people always think that I look like I'm like a big woman with brown hair. From my act, from the, my voice. And my oh, really? Accent. Yeah. No, you got the blonde hair. You got the blue eyes. You look like you could be in my family, actually. There you go. Yeah, well, it could be related. I just have to drop the accent. Are you from? Uh, where are you from? Dorchester. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna like this episode because <laughs> I miss Boston. I was telling I you when you got here that I would move back to Boston tomorrow. It's a great city. Well, the thing that I was I realize now that I've really been out of it is that the salt of the earth. Like they're really honest. Yeah. 
good, yeah. hilarious, hilarious yeah. people. Like I grew up with some. Well, they give you a chance. When we first moved to Boston, they knew we were New Yorkers. So they kind of like uh, would observe for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then when they go, all right, we're ready to make their decision, they embrace people up there. And then they really, they're good fans. They, yeah. They're even good And tippers. then they won't leave you the fuck alone. No. They're the best. That's why I never lost my accent. Are you kidding me? If I lost my accent, they'd be like, "What do you think? You fucking better than me." When I went to my <laughs> when I went to my high school reunion, I didn't have anything. I didn't drink. I didn't eat or anything. Yeah. And the bill came. One of the girls from Charlestown was like, "You pay the bill. You're the fucking movie star." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because if just because you get a little fame, they think you're really rich. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing, first of all. I want to get to know Sue Costello. All right, so I grew. So first of all, I was I, I almost died when I was born. I really gave me my last rights. Yeah. What? What? So I'm not even supposed to be here. Well, why? Because I didn't. I a didn't preemie? weigh enough. You I were was, a preemie. I was full term. My dad says I'm full term. I was full term, but I didn't weigh. I only weighed three pounds, fifteen ounces. Oh, that's nothing. I got. I got. Uh, I, no, <laughs> it's a guy not. with his empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I almost died. Oh, that's nothing, Sue. Let me talk about myself. I was worse. No, not me. Not me. Not me. I got. I got. I that's got, literally a guy empathy. Oh, that's nothing, Sue. You, you should have survived at three pounds. Is what I'm I thinking. Did. To be honest with you, maybe they were overdramatic. I, I think your parents were being dramatic because I, I, I'm right, Robert. I think if you're three pounds, you're supposed to survive. I got. I got a couple kids in my uh, extended family. Let's just say that uh, barely made a pound. Oh, that's small. And and now they're five or six and doing great. That's small. So where were you in the like sibling order? So I'm the second. So so I used to always say growing up. So I had so I had lazy eye. I was always tiny. I had to wear glasses and bifocals, and I was a nerd. Like I was literally like yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerability walking. So you, you were know the what they si- do in Boston when you have vulnerability. You were the second born. I was the second born. So my sister's the oldest. How how much did she weigh? She weighed regular. <laughs> Regular eight pounds with a ten pound Boston accent. <laughs> to this day, she rubs it in. I bet. <laughs> and I am. I'm smaller than everybody in my family. So it was her, then then my then me, then my brother, then my sister. And oh, so you got gro- four. Yeah. Okay. So growing up, I used to always say, and and everybody always always asked me if that's why I developed my sense of humor because my sister was the oldest. My brother, I used to always say it. Yeah. Christine's the oldest. Jimmy's the boy. Trish is the baby, and I'm nothing. Right. So I was totally. Oh, uh, so, so you were in the slot, the funny slot. Well, yeah, and if I didn't think have about any it. really title. I didn't have right. any title, so I was like... Were they all planned? You're the miracle child. I'm the miracle child. I should have been treated like that. You, my family ah, would tell pounds. me to shut up right three now. <laughs> I try to tell them I was the, the miracle The priest came child. and gave you the last rights. I know, and they should be honoring me, but no, they don't. They care. were a little lazy up there. Yeah. Maybe they should have gave me an extra <laughs> well, day or two. Well, it was St. Margaret's. It was oh, okay. church. They gave everybody the last rights. But was rights, everyone so. planned? <laughs> Catholic family, was everyone planned? Uh, Everyone was planned except for maybe... The last one? Yeah, maybe. She See, was a surprise. I'm one of seven, and my mom had no problem saying, and I didn't even want you oh, yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> you kids will be the death of me. My mother was... Hel- I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Nowadays, like, we used to come in, everybody would go in to eat lunch, yeah. and me and my brother would run up this... I mean, she literally... We would run up to the stairs, you know, it'd be the middle of the winter sure. to go have lunch. And you can hear her from the other side of the door. I don't give a shit if the Pope's eating lunch. You're not coming in this house. <laughs> she used to like torture us. And then we couldn't cross the street yeah. without her coming over the porch to like cross us. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So we had to scream. Like me and my brother would be screaming, Ma! Yeah. And Mrs. Vidarkowitz down the hall would like, I mean, down the street would come out and be like, shut up. And she'd try to cross us. And my mother would be blow drying her hair, vacuuming. Right. She wasn't trying to hear us. Was screaming. she a cool mom? 
I guess as cool as, yeah. Yeah, besides that. She's still cool. She's cool now. I don't yeah. know about. Back then. Irish moms aren't the most yeah. touchy-feely moms. All right. The best part about uh, my mom screaming, you know, I didn't even want you kids. I was, I was uh, the oldest. <laughs> it's really funny. It's I was horrible the oldest, and so funny. I, it's like tragically hilarious. So I had something on my, uh, my younger siblings. Oh, I'm you're like, an Look, oldest? I was planned. I mean, I was the first one. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think maybe the second one, third one, after three, there's no fucking way. <laughs> no, the other three, no way. And I think that affects you in your grown life. Like you have a solidness. Like you probably do have a solid confidence because you knew you were planned. Like there is something that you carry into your adult life from that. My parents wanted five. And I'm the oldest of three. And after my third brother was born, my dad said, that's it. We're done. We're snipping it. Three boys. I don't want any more. And, and my father likes to, even to this day, will say, if your youngest brother had been born first, he'd have been an only child. Wow. Oh. That, that's nice. That's, he's, he's the one that's like a successful, you know, got a real job and seven degrees and all that shit. What does he do? He's uh, in hospital administration and a nurse down in San Antonio. I like it. A male nurse. I yep. like it. You like that male nurse I thing? Do. I like it. Yeah? I like when guys cry. I like the whole thing. I cry. I do. I like it. Let's cry. We could cry. I could make you cry. You can make me cry. Well, I could cry on a dime, like acting wise. Like I could cry if I had to cry right now. And we were, even if the music was on, I could cry. All right. Could you, even uh, if we were under stress. Please cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> please cry right now. <laughs> I, I beg you. All right, let's see. All right. But we might be would, quiet. Would you actually get a, a tear oh, going? I could totally do no. it. No. Yeah, yeah. David O'Russell. I was in the fighter. He put the. No, I, I know you were in like, the fighter. He was like, laugh, cry, do this, do that, do that. All right. But it might take me a second because I'm going to laugh because you guys are being funny. Let's see if I can do it because then. Just think about being three pounds. No, you know how you do it? <laughs> you know how, honestly, you know yeah. how you make yourself cry? How? Pinch you yourself really hard? No, you don't think about, most people would think about like a funeral or something. Yeah. You don't think about that. You think about the kitchen table with the seat being empty. Okay. So it's always something removed from what you would think would really make you. Okay. All right, she's going to cry I would have to, to go and turn cue. my head for a second, but right, then I'm ahead. afraid it's going to be too quiet. That's fine. This is, this is, uh, this is, uh, that, the moving the seat away part, that's like, that goes right into depression. Yes. I don't know why my voice just got quiet. As soon as she starts crying, I'm going to do the live read for Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you make me laugh. I was almost crying and you weren't looking at me. Because <laughs> men am I going to get hard? <laughs> I was almost crying and you weren't looking at me. And then oh, you made really? me laugh. Yes, I'm I almost sorry, had it. My lip was quivering and everything. But I love everything. Blue Chew and it's a boner pill. And All right. I thought that would Rich be a Voss good tie likes that. Huh? Rich Voss likes Blue Chew. Really? Yeah. Fuck Rich Voss. All right, I'm mad at ahead. him. I never know whose show was mad at who when I go on the <laughs> I can't keep track. <laughs> I actually just said that to make you uncomfortable. I don't even think about it. I, I was just know. trying to make you uncomfortable like, oh, and hopefully fuck. start really crying. I don't know. So uh, what did your dad do? My dad was a, first he was a carpenter. Right. And then he became secretary treasurer of the carpenters union. Wow. And then he became a labor mediator. Wow. Yes. Don't fuck with Sue no. Costello. No. She's connected. I'm like, it's so funny. Everybody always says that. There's I said no that doubt to my in my mother. mind. I'm not stupid. I know Boston. I said that to my mother recently. She's like, your father, he's such a good guy, this and that. I'm like, mom, why does everybody, every time I say that he was the secretary treasurer of the Capitals Union, do they say he was connected? She's like, I don't know why they're saying that. I, uh, did he paint houses? Oh, you know what's so funny is that when I saw that movie, I was like, that was, I was the little girl. I was the one that was that honest that everybody would be like, what? They would get freaked out around me because I was so honest and I could see the truth all the time. That movie was very triggering. <laughs> triggering. We're talking about the movie The Irishman, nominated yes. for 17,000 Academy Awards, but Irish and Italian. I haven't seen the movie yet. Ooh. 
You got to mark off like four and a half hours. I, I, no, I know that. I finally saw the Joker, and I finally saw the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary. I saw that too. Equally as depressing. I love the Joker. I didn't want to see it because of Heath Ledger. I'm like, Heath no one, no one so else. Amazing. I'm like, no one else should play the Joker after uh, Heath Ledger. That old gag. And then I finally saw it. and I went, wow, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't play. And he tipped his hat the other night. He gave it to Heath. He said, "I'm the only reason why I'm here is because of Heath." Really? Yeah. On his, on his shoulders, right? And then what he said, yeah. He was a great actor. Oh my no, god! But he made he he made it his own. You you weren't even thinking Heath Ledger. I didn't think that was possible. And I love the whole mental illness thing. How how fucking creepy was that? Did he like the Joker? I liked it all right. I feel like what, what was wrong with it? As an actor, and because I so it's hard for me to as an actor, I felt a little self conscious for Joaquin that he was left hanging by Todd is the director. Todd, what's his name? Philip. He's vulnerable. He did. He had a struggle afterwards because of mentally because of what he did in that movie. But I heard Todd talk and he said that he struggled with him about the bathroom scene when he was dancing in the bathroom. Yeah. And when I watched the movie, I felt self-conscious for him because as an actor, you're supposed to be acting private in public. You're not supposed to be aware of what you're doing. And I could feel that he was acting. He was aware of what he was doing. And then when Todd said it, I was like, see, I knew it. Todd told him to do it, and he wouldn't tell Joaquin why he was doing it. You know what the screen's going to pick up. I mean, I was in the fight with Christian Bale. Yeah. I watched him. He needed to know every single thing, every move he was making, make it real and authentic, because the camera's going to pick up right. everything. So in terms of acting, he was great, but I also feel like he was hung out a little bit. By the director? Just a little bit, because I don't know if he didn't know it. I mean, he hadn't done something yeah. like that, so... He, in the context he's, of being an actor and having somebody be in charge of your mental state. Yeah, he's got balls because he looked uh, ridiculous in his underpants. Who? <laughs> oh, my God. That's, he looked ridiculous. That's, I'm like, that's, that takes balls. That's private and public. That's the kind of shit. Uh, that's that what makes, you're talking yes, about. That's what makes people just absolutely. The best. You don't, people can feel when they're manipulated. They get, they, people are smart. People, I always say that whenever I'm doing something creative and the suits are telling me to do something. I'm like, no. I'm like, people are not stupid. I'm like, you have to get, they give them some credit. I remember when I was on Costello, the, we had a, uh, a scene where um, the, the story was a, the gorgeous guy. My friend wanted to go out with the gorgeous guy, and the only way that he would go out with her is if I went out with his friend Chappy Chappaquiddick. He talks so much, you throw yourself <laughs> off the bridge. That's great. <laughs> and so they were doing the scene, and they That's opened funny. the scene up, and they're like, uh, and so the Chappy Chappaquiddick, of course, is talking, like has diarrhea in the mouth, and he's talking, all, and, you, and you can see me, and I'm like, bored out of my mind and he's telling all these sniglets like all these little pieces of information like uh, did you know that gastroenteritis causes this did you know that C Seattle had the highest suicide rate did you know that if you rub your elbow a certain way it'll fall whatever he was saying he was doing a whole bunch of them and then at one point the gorgeous guy makes a pass at me so the audience sees this and then my friend sits down she doesn't know this yet and she I, I say I have to tell you something and she said Sue wait before you tell me anything I just want to tell you you're the greatest friend that I could ever ask for. I can't believe how much fun I'm having. I can't believe that this guy likes me. Now, what were you going to tell me? And whatever joke they had was not working. And I went over to the producers and I said, the line is, I'm moving to Seattle. Because the guy had said earlier that the highest suicide rate is in Seattle. <laughs> and they were like, they won't get it. They won't get it. We'll have to show that you moved to Seattle. And I remember just pulling in on myself. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just doing it. And they said, roll camera. And I said, I'm moving to Seattle. And the audience went wild. And they I howled. Like, it was the first time. I was like, yeah. I told you. Yeah. They knew. They remembered yeah, that the guy said me, it. Yeah, just trust me, man. You hired me. Just trust, trust me to do audience. this shit. Like, they're not yeah. idiots. Uh, you got to earn money on this podcast. And you've been, like, sold yeah. out. You've got to have a read right now. There's got to be somebody. Robert, I like how you think. Thank you very much. Well, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, buddy. Oh, it is. But you don't have a girl, do you? 
I'm in search of one. I'm currently <laughs> taking applications. Well, I guess you could get like uh, flowers or something else for your mom at least. I've got two nieces. All right, you could get them uh, something for Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner. You could get 25% off your order. You got to go to Books. B-O-U-Q-S, books.com slash Opie with the promo code. Opie. O-P-I-E. Very good, Robert. Great Valentine's Day deal going on right now. Not everyone prefers roses for Valentine's Day. The Books company spelled B-O-U-Q-S. Oh, it's like a bouquet. I get it. <laughs> Not everyone prefers roses for Valentine's Day. The Books company has you covered with a variety of beautiful styled bouquets. Do you say bouquets or bouquets? I think in this case we should say bouquets. All right. Sweet treats, plants, gifts. And Plant. succulents. Ooh, succulents. Do you have an example of a succulent, Robert? I don't know if the sponsor would like that. I don't know what a succulent. I'm not a green thumb. I don't know what any I, of this shit is. I love books, but I don't know. I don't know what a succulent is. I have ideas too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it fits for this show. I don't know either. Uh, Bloom starting at thirty nine dollars. The books company is nationwide and offers next as well as same day delivery. They even have flower subscriptions. Uh, the Books Company works with some of the finest eco-friendly farms because their flowers are sourced directly. They arrive fresher and live longer. Get 25% off your order from the Books Company. Go to B-O-U-Q-S.com, books.com, slash Opie with the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E. They have a happiness guarantee, Robert. I'd like a happiness guarantee, <laughs> Opie. Well, you might want to get a succulent then. <laughs> yes. Hey, relax. I don't even know what that means. Hey. Um, the Books Company wants to make sure you love your flowers and have a great experience. That's why the happiness guarantee, you sick F. That's what I was getting at, Robert. <laughs> Wedding and corporate packages allow you to save up to 80% uh, versus traditional floors. All right, so get 25% off your order from the Books Company. Go to B-O-U-Q-S.com, books.com slash Opie with promo code Opie. Thank you, Books. So your dad was in the union yes. up there in uh, Boston. And I was in all the shows, all the variety shows growing up, and I used to put on shows at my yeah. aunt's house on the like. So I was always creative, and he, yes, he was in the union. And but I used to go picketing with him. Yeah, we used to hold signs. Oh like my on god, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And he taught me how to negotiate. He taught me about leverage. He taught me. I watched it all growing up. Yeah. So, so he would negotiate later on when he became a labor mediator. He would negotiate the contracts for the Boston Fire. Negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a tough negotiator because of that? Now I am. Oh, my God. Nothing oh inspired. You get oh everything my, that you want. I just fucking just leveled CBS with the head attorney of CBS Corporation. <laughs> I fucking negotiated my own contract. He thought he was fucking me, and I won. I've had like a push-pull career with Hollywood. Yeah. And a lot of it has had to do with being a woman and being sec in the sexism and a lot really? of the sexual stuff. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. But I've always stuck up for myself. But how, how did you get uh, fucked in Hollywood over uh, the years? The, so Les Moonves gave me my first two TV deals. That guy said, even when I went on Costello, he, he always put his money where his mouth was and he was never sexual with me. He was the least sexual executive that I've ever been around. Well, the stories are that. out though about I him. I need to say that for, for me. Yeah. He was the least sexual executive I've ever been around. Right. Yes. Was he a fucking wild man screaming and yelling and fucking all that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. And I said it to my father. It was so funny. I was like, Dad, a lot of these guys are assholes, but they didn't do what everybody's saying that they did. And my father's like, do you know how many men are going to be happy that you're saying that? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, well, I lived it. I lived it. I Did lived that piss life. you off? He didn't hit on you. Not that you wanted that at attention, all. but it sounded like he was uh, he was a wild man in that office. <laughs> Not at all. I was, that's a joke. I know it's a joke. That was a joke. But I, part of what they, they, those were the stories that came out while they were right. trying to merge the companies. I saw him in a bathrobe once with Julie Chen. At a, didn't. At, I sure didn't. did. I saw what's at his a name? spa in Connecticut. I I was uh, in this really exclusive uh, spa, and we're waiting to get massages. And you have to go in this white room. Everything's white and has a giant window that looks over a little pond. And when it's snowing, it's like it's like perfect. You want to talk about living Is that in the moment? Ranch? No, uh, no, it's up. Uh, it's it's the Mayflower. Oh, I, don't I haven't know been that. there in that a while. Must be too fancy for people with well, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> these days. It's too fancy for me too. So. <laughs> The career's dropped a bit, Sue. I'm not going to the Mayflower anymore. So me and my wife are uh, waiting for our massages. We're in bathrobes, and uh, who walks in? Uh, Les Moonves and Julie Chat. And and at the at the time I was working for him, and I just started laughing because I get to see the boss in a in a bathrobe, and he That's he he right? he looks so vulnerable. Yeah. Yes, and that and his wife just was like, Ugh, I can't believe we have to hang with the help. Oh, she was. Oh, she was. She was the worst, and he was very nice and stuff and cordial. And uh, we had small talk as we were waiting for our massages. And then uh, there's only one place when you're at the Mayflower to eat. It's it's in the main room, and he's in there. Just, it's us. It's uh, them, and maybe two other couples. And you know that son of a bitch didn't pick up my tab. He didn't. And he didn't. And he didn't. Uh, he has send alligator over. arms. Oh, definitely he has alligator arms. He didn't arms. send over a drink or nothing. No. He gives me a little wave on his way he out. Keeps his like, money. You know yeah, how yeah, much yeah. fucking money oh, no. I made for you. No, he keeps his money. Trust me. But and he knew who you were. Of course he did. Did no, he worked for you him. Were? Oh, it was it was the the opening Anthony did. Yes, but let's face it, he was the head of of Viacom CBS, and, and radio is was down here compared to CBS. I'll explain. So when Howard Stern got uh, well, he he left, and David Lee Roth was a complete failure. They decide to bring me and Anthony back, even though they destroyed our careers, which is so fucked up if you think about it. But of course, they do that all the time. Yeah, they fucking and, build you up like ants. Yeah. They make you build a mound, then they knock you down, then they bring you back and they build yes. a mound again. Like, <laughs> That's how they keep you in control. Like, That's how they keep you in power. I'm like, Lush, you made this very hard by destroying our careers for two and a half years, but we'll give it a shot, you it's son like of a bitch. It's like the gladiator days when they used to watch the guys. Yes. They're like, do it again. Right. I'll fucking stab you and kill you now. Do it again. Right. All right, we'll do it again. I'm like, do you remember when? When you guys fired us, but you, you kept paying us, so we can't work for two and a half years. It was before social yeah, media, and by the time we came back, pretty much everyone forgot us. <laughs> and now you want us to build it up again? You're 100 yeah. percent yeah. right. That's what but to answer Robert's question, so when uh, they decided David Lee Roth wasn't going to work, and they were bringing us back, Les wanted to make sure you know we were in a good spot, so we had to meet in his office. And uh, I was I was pissed off he didn't hit on me. Well, here. <laughs> The thing about the hit, you're you're adding to your own demise. Just so you know, when you keep Why? telling those stories, because then you're feeding the the, the oh, beast of the men. Oh, who cares? I I don't. Oh, wait, say that again. You're Sorry. feeding the beast of the men being disgusting uh, instead. Well, of, Les can't hire anybody at this point. But so I'm who not cares? Ta- I'm talking about you. You're doing it to yourself by feeding the beast of like keeping the men being disgusting instead of like moving on from that and being. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just making jokes though. I know, but I, but that. But and I don't so really this, need to work anymore, so that's this is a great place to be. Unless you want to go now, to the Mayflower. Uh, well, I would like to go back to the Mayflower. <laughs> You're not wrong. See how I keep the guys wrong. in line? I know. I have You're to watch wrong. your own self. You sabotage yourself. I want to be that white room again. I've been doing this for oh, thirty not years. Wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. Brewer, I was on Brewer's show I forever. Love Brewer. I had to always bring him back. I'm yeah. like, geez, like, oh, see, what man. were we talking about? I'm like, let's get back. I was So I've done this for. I don't ever. have to work anymore, but you're right. I want to go yeah, back to the Mayflower yeah, in that, that white room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll help you. I'll guide uh, you. Les was cool to me, though. And then He's I would see him at restaurants here and there in New York City, and I always. I would always awkwardly walk over to his table, and it was always Julie Chen just annoyed, like, will this fucking guy leave us alone? And we were big stars for him at the time in the radio d- division. So I felt like every time I saw him in some of the same restaurants that I, I felt like I had to go over and say hi. Kiss the ring. You got to go right. over and kiss the ring. And yeah, you should acknowledge who you are. All right, I'm on board now. I get it. All right. So you've got a couple of deals. He gave you your first two deals. Yes, and then I got Costello. So from this pilot queen. So the story is very, very, it's crazy. Back in the day, I do my own pilot. I'm supposed to be on Murphy Brown for 13 episodes. She doesn't let me on. What I think happened was Les was trying to keep me from going on to ABC. So he kind of forced me on Murphy Brown. She probably flexed her muscles and got rid of me. It was, it was devastating at the time, but that's what I really think happened now. Uh, so in that sense, yes. Did he fuck with people's careers? Did he do yeah. certain things? Yes. Okay. And then I got, the, the, I got a call at uh, midnight. Sue, you got to get on a plane. I just fired Ileana Douglas. Wow. From this pilot Queens. Yeah. So I show up, I shoot that pilot, and from Queens, I got Costello. Everybody was like, oh my God, she's the most real person I've ever seen. John Moonves was my attorney, and Les, uh, he tells me that Les says, Sue, Les said that he loves Sue Costello so much that he doesn't even care if she ends up on a different network. And I never, oh, I never forgot that. Mm. I always remembered that Les, so that was like a sign to me that, Right. He had nothing invested in that. And I knew he loved me. I mean, he's, ironically, he called me one day with uh, Bill Cosby in his office. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> I wish I taped all this stuff. <laughs> it was like foreshadowing. So wait till you see what happens in 2017. It's going to be a humdinger. You're just going to want to never take a drink from either one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do a, a, I have a question. Okay. Last, one of the l- last times it was just Opie, you and I here talking to a, uh, a comic uh, at Get Parts was Judy Gold. She was saying that it's really tough for women of a certain age to get Netflix gigs because they're given specials out to young people and, and even and older guys. Do you, are you finding that true? I haven't been focused on that, so okay. I don't know, but I would, I'd listen to Judy. Oh, I, I can answer the question. Of course it's happening. Yeah, I would listen it's to ridiculous. Judy. Someone like Judy Gold should have had a Netflix special many, many years ago. But for whatever reason, she doesn't fit the, uh, the demographic that they're looking for. So that's what I, what so I decided to just say, fu- I'm not even fucking dealing with that. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going all the way. I'm going around it. So anyway, yeah. so I get Costello. Sure. Costello, they literally chase me around the set like, don't be like Roseanne. 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 I mean, terrorizing me when I should have, I was exactly like Roseanne and I should have been more like her. Yeah. I should have stood my ground more, but I had, I didn't know. And at the same time, my younger brother was in a car accident and broke his neck and was in the hospital back in Boston, almost dead. So here I am having my own TV show trying to, I was what, 27 years old? No, I was 30 when Costello went on. Yeah. And trying to handle all that. I mean, it was Yeah, that's a lot to handle. I I want to know more about the the Boston comedy scene though. So who'd you come up with back in the day? I came up with uh, Kathy Byron. Yeah. What, what, uh, What years were you up there doing comedy? Well, I started right out of college. So 93, 94. Okay. But I left right away because I saw the sexism. I was like, I'm not staying here. I'm not. In Boston. Yes. I was like, I'm not doing this. Right. And I moved to New York and then I was like, oh, sexism nope. is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that laugh of yours. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what kind of sexism though? Uh, all of it. Like 
in terms of going on stage they would uh, and it was it's so systemic and I don't want to talk about it in a way that's like filled with anger right because I'm not filled with anger I'm very pragmatic about it I've lived for a, well you were probably angry at the time but you I didn't know that's what I'm saying I would yeah. pick up the rope I didn't know I didn't have the sophistication until I lived as long as I've lived well, how do you how would you act out as people are being I sexist I would get mad because it was always insidious you couldn't see it right but I knew it those blue eyes could get icy, right? I knew it. And I was like, you motherfuckers. And they'd be like, Sue's a cunt. And I'd be like, why are they calling me a cunt? I'm like, because I'm acting like a cunt. <laughs> I was very but I have confusing. no choice because this is frustrating. <laughs> oh, that's a tough spot to be in. It was like I was trapping myself over and over and over again. And no, right. it's really, it was serious shit. And I was like, how? So when I came back from Costello, I went to a woman's symposium. And I was like, I raised my hand. I was like, we have to, this is what we have to do. Because I knew the sexism. The director was like, the guy who was played my father, Dan Laurie, they were all acting so crazy. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't really know what was going on. Right. And, and then the critics, they kind of panned it because it was about the middle class. They did not want the middle class to have power. Really? And I was going to empower the middle class. There's right. no doubt whatsoever. And I was a woman. Right. And so they kind of, and I remember having a conversation with Colin Quinn. I mean, Colin thought my show was the greatest thing. Well, were they pissed that a female was the boss, basically? Because yes. your name was on the show. Yes. But they didn't even let my name be Costello on the show. It had to be Murphy. Right. So there were always these little... Little twists and yes, turns. little things little where you just Little tweaks just to right? keep you down, yes. right, Sue Costello? Yes. yes, and I didn't know. Yeah, that that's, has to be tough. Oh, my God. And yeah. then I came back and I told the girls, I was like, we have to, we have to admit the sexism. We just, it, I felt like I was going at war because mm. with war, you like see the enemy, you see what's going on, and then you figure out a way to win. Right. But doesn't that make it worse by acknowledging it? It was so Instead of like hard. just keeping in, you know, keeping in line? No, because I couldn't. No, good for you. But I'm just saying the reality is that maybe uh, a lot of females over the years, they did better because they didn't like speak up about it. Yes, but maybe that's not who they are either, so you can't blame... No, like, so then they're eating it, and, and it comes out another way. And I couldn't live like that. I Good for you. Live, I couldn't, and I was like, I'll fucking take every hit. Right. I will take every fucking hit. Right. Go ahead. And yeah. then they still let me around, though. Why have I been on every fucking guy's show ever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how confusing it was? It was right. like, it's literally what they've done to me my entire career, and people are starting to see it. Well, people like, want you on their shows because you're real. You don't hold back. You're, you know, you and keep now I really don't. Now I'm like... That's how I am. But now I'm like... I, it, yes, what I think is happening... Is, yes, let's I'm telling you. I'm like, you need to call When you get older, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> no, and also, I think... Although what I'm the doing, Mayflower. Damn it, I yes, want that massage. we'll be rolling. If we see less, we'll go, what's up, motherfucker? Are you getting We're on stone? top. We're on top now. <laughs> Where are you at now? I'm getting a hot stove, motherfucker. <laughs> Sue helped me. I helped her. This is what all my work is you about. You know what? Though. I'll buy you a drink now, because that's what... A real man does, you son of a bitch. And why is your wife hosting a show? She doesn't deserve that. She stinks on Big Brother. How about them apples, Les? And I'll just put my sunglasses on behind you and go. Let it out. Let it out. No, but that's what my work, my work now is about men and women working together. Both of our strengths together. It's because I don't, this whole getting rid of guy. I don't, I'm a straight heterosexual woman who loves men. I don't want to get rid of men. Speaking of the Me Too movement, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Here's the part of the show where we're not as evolved as we thought we were. <laughs> well, uh, Sue Costello, earmuffs on this next live read, okay? 
Uh, it's Blue Chew. Visit BlueChew.com. Promo code O-P-O-P-I-E to get your first shipment free. You know what the Blue Chew's all about, right, Robert? Blue Chew's about uh, enhancing your uh, recreational time with a with a partner. Just say boners. <laughs> it's a boner pill. It's a boner <laughs> pill. And uh, the fine people at Blue Chew, I think it was about a week ago, they said, oh, we're 75% happy with our association with you. So that means they need a few more guys to get the boner pills. Then they'll be at 100% satisfaction. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> yes. You so, need me to go to, where am I going? Bluetooth. I'm going to bluechew.com. Like the color blue, by the way. And I'm going to do promo code Opie. Yes. You know, this is a callback to another part of the show here where I'm going to need the blue chew as I'm... I'm currently accepting applications. No, I see that comes out wrong. I can't say applications. I'm I'm entertaining opportunities to take Blue Chew. That didn't make sense either. How about you just find a girl we could get a cup yes. of coffee with her? You're yes. going right to the Blue no. Chew. Relax. Uh, I was trying to sell the pills for you there, buddy. I understand that, but if you show up at the coffee shop with a boner and you just <laughs> I know that's girl, I know that's I know I know you don't Baby do these steps. Right. That's on that's on coffee number four. There you go. Blue Chew. Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. I think that's great. No, blue chews are good. I've I've uh, I've taken them before. They're very good. I don't need to, but it's good to have it in your pocket as a uh, as an extra tool in your shed. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Sorry, I now fucked I the p- whole thing up. Now I picture a lonely <laughs> robber just sitting around with a boner. <laughs> Watching TV. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else? Oh, 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 it's cheaper than the pharmacy. You don't have to wait online at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. So if you're worried about that, you know, when your package comes, it doesn't have a giant, <laughs> a giant sign on the side of the package that says boner pills. So it's very discreet, okay? They're cheaper than a pharmacy, like I said. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, I have a special deal for you. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code OPOPIE. Just pay the $5 for shipping. Is that okay, Robert? That is okay. All right. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com, promo code OPIE to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Well, the Me Too thing was very, very confusing for me because I thought it, it had to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, who else? And then they really yes, just like started the panning the room like, yes. you, 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 and you, and you. I'm taking everybody out. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, sometimes I feel like maybe the movement went too far. I'm going to tell you about that now. So Ooh. Costello gets canceled. I come back. I tell them we have to look at the sexism. They didn't want to hear it. The women did not want to hear it. They screamed at me. And I was like, ugh. Right. I was like, I'm, and again, I'm like, I was on the front lines. I'm one of the youngest women to ever have my own fucking TV show. And they scream, and then I would cave in. I caved in a lot because I didn't know how to keep going. Yeah. But I guess I did because I kept going. Right. And so flash forward, I, I go, I write my play. For 20 years, I write my play because I was like, I, they canceled my show. I'm, meanwhile, Mark McGuire hit a 60-second home run the night of the premiere. I was like a fucking drug addict ruined my life. And now the guy, I'm like, it's just like. Wait, what? Mark McGuire hit his 60-second home run the night of the premiere. But then it came out that he was on steroids yeah, and everything. Yeah. So it was like, he ruined my show. Why they did he ruin your show? The, 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 oh, the because because they wanted to talk they about that. They wanted to put him, and it's so funny if you really look at my career. It's like, and what happens with women is the male narrative continues to take over the male narrative, and then. Wait, you lost me here, so I got to slow down. So okay. McGuire hits a sixty-second homer, but they, he's on steroids. What does that have to do with you? He preempted my premiere of my TV show because they wanted to oh, watch him hit his home wow. run. Wow. 
So right. my they ran whole, the game late. It was the it would have been September, so it was the playoffs, yes. right? Yeah. So my entire career has been preempted by men and their stories, and a lot of times they're doing shady shit. Right. And in order to be a woman to say to hold your ground, people don't aren't used to that. Yeah. They don't want to hear a woman say what she wants to say. So I would get knocked around, and I'm like, well, I, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna like, even with the Artie podcast. Like I'm like. They were like, uh, and I'm like, they call me a cunt anyway, so what do I care? Right. <laughs> I literally got to the point oh, well, where I was like, well, I what do like, I care? I kind of like the steroids in baseball, though. I don't give a crap. But, for, I, but As a fan, I want to see 600-foot home runs and giant, ridiculous-looking uh, athletes. Yes. I don't care if they're hurting themselves, if it makes the sport that much better, right? Well, that's going down a whole another <laughs> road. Of like, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for right, you, Right, he though. can do whatever he wants. I would like to have That's my own That's got to suck because you oh, yeah. finally have your moment, yes. and then all of a sudden you're, you probably have you know, family and friends. I had a friends, party in L.A. with party. a big screen. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you see the TV go to, this, to the yes. baseball game instead. Yes. Oh. Wow, that's that's rough. You're literally gonna hear just how tough I am, like literally that's how I've handled. I mean, that was like a public right humiliation and like. Well, I, I think it was just bad luck more than a humil- humiliation. It right? was humiliating in terms of yeah, but internally, like Could, I remember talking to Colin. But most Colin. people would say, well, of course they gotta show uh, him hit his sixty second homer. Most people like men. <laughs> Hilarious, you guys! I see, I I catch you all. That's why I know everybody's like, I'll talk to. Her. I have no, these, no, I have these things no, where guys in LA are having big meetings with their suits, and they're like, I'll fucking talk to her. Give me the phone. Then they call me and they throw the phone. They go, I'm not talking to her. No, I'm, all, I'm, I'm trying. I love the laugh though. I, no, I'm just. Uh, you know what I'm saying, Robert? The, the the Mark McGuire thing was a massive story. That's all. The thing to do then, the network should have done more press. You're right. They should like reassess reassess and go how do we handle this situation which is what I was saying about yeah. the sexism yes you have to admit things so that you can deal with them if you deny things it goes down you, it just doesn't work you know what they did they took they had a promo of me dancing right. I wish they could see me on that that's a nice is, dance this so. is how they had me dancing I like your dance <laughs> they had me dancing like this <laughs> right. and then they put it on the side of the screen during oh, the baseball game oh you had to be that oh my god can you imagine you the had to be that that it was inducing in the men they were probably like who the fuck is this broad that they putting on my screen get her off my screen i used to hate when they did that in sports also there'd be some like distraction on the screen for some (laughs) dumb tv show not your tv show because your tv show should have been a massive hit but in general it was it was for i'm like what does this have to do with the fact that i'm watching this baseball game right now but that's sexist even in of itself. Yes. We're going to put the right. blonde dancing right. on the side yes. of the screen in the baseball game. Why do you uh, agree to dance? I was probably in a promo, like a fun promo. Okay. And then they, how well, do you know? Same thing. Like they, they right. can edit anything and put it in. So you, you did the dance for something that you yeah, were like, I could else. do that, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they take it and use it yes. uh, differently. And you're like, what the fuck? Again. So a secret thing where it would cause yeah. me to act out and everybody would go, what the fuck is Sue's problem? Right. Because he can't see it. It's insidious. Right. I get it. I get insidious. it. Same to, thing to, happened right. with Murphy Brown. They did a cast photo, photo, and then instead of doing another cast photo, photo after they fired me, they just erased me from the photo. It used to be in Vitello's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> 
I like misery. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love my story. I'm sorry. I love, I love like, misery. How could it get worse? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. How <laughs> it gets worse? Oh, misery's fun. Oh, you like misery? Keep your ears open. <laughs> it gets worse. I think that's why we all get along. <laughs> it gets no, because I, I I get some of this it's stuff. It's really man. funny. I, guess, I mean, yeah, yeah it's like man. that's what I do. I do tragic comedy or funny tragedy. Yeah. Like that's my thing. Right. So anyway, so I have to Costello. I sat right in my play. Right. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to write this play. I'm going to show what I. What was year are we to do talking Costello. now? So after '98, like '99. Okay. And I start writing the play and I, start, yeah. and, I, and I do it. I put it up, I put it up, I put it up, I keep doing it, I keep doing it, I keep doing it, I keep doing it. And then I start, I stop doing stand up for a little while to focus on the play. I get great reviews. I'm what like, is it? Right, a, a one man, uh, one woman story. show? Right. Sorry. <laughs> you can just call no, it one I, person, Joe. One person? Yeah, yes. Just go one person? You cannot, I identify. I want to learn some of this stuff. You want to, yeah, you identify Wait. as a person. I identify as. Uh, oh, you want? Oh, okay. All right. No, I don't know. I'm just. Fucking <laughs> with you. It doesn't matter. So you do the show. So it's a play. You're writing the show. So I'm writing the play, and then all of a sudden, I see what I have on my hands. But I, I it's not completely breaking through again. I, I get these great reviews. I get a standing ovation at the New York Comedy Festival, and again, it's not breaking through. And then I realize. It's because I'm talking about the same thing that happened with Costello, and so they told me I was ahead of my time during Costello. Right. And I was. So even though Mark McGuire, I'm, ha- I'm glad my career did not take off after Costello. Why? Because I would never have grown into who I am now. That makes sense. I just never would have. Yeah. I would have gotten swallowed up and probably went mental. You don't realize at the time it's a blessing until you have, blessing. have some time to reflect. And the strength that I built over the years. Like right. I remember putting my play up and, and, and not being perfect and just thinking I was going to die. I'm like, how am I going to? Again, into the abyss. I had no idea where it was going to go. So anyways, so then flash forward to 2017. I'm ready. I'm getting ready. I'm on stage. I'm starting to do stand-up again. Everybody's coming to me. ABC came to me. They wanted me to do a talk show. They wanted me to be on The View. I met with them like 15 times. They wanted me to take over for Katie Cork. Sure. She had a talk show during the day. I told them I, what, what my idea was, and they were like, you mean like Chelsea Handler? And I was like, no, not like Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler's on at nighttime, and you want me to do it at 3 o'clock in the I was so crazy. I was the same shit. This I was is like, the day. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, and I left. I walked away from them because I was getting ready. I was like, I cannot do the same thing I did. And I said that to them. I even said to them, I said, you can't, what me and you talked about, you cannot hire me and then have so many people, you know, chip away at me so that by the time I go on TV, not, we have nothing. It's not even close to what the, she, the idea you And they said you, to me, oh, we do that all the time. And I was like, yeah, oh no my kidding. God, they weren't even conscious of what And that's they were why doing. nine out of 10 shows fail because what happens is they hire someone that's creative and funny, has a great personality, and then they bastardize it to the point that you don't even recognize your own idea that you brought to them. Well, oh, so 2017, so ABC's coming out. And then all of a sudden on stage, everybody's coming to me. This is before the Me Too movement happens. Everybody's coming. IFC's coming to me. They're, they're like, Sue, you're talking about what it's like to be a woman and you're not mad. Yeah. That to them was so enticing because right. they don't want an angry woman, I guess. I don't know. But I, but I had been through it all and now I was... O- Right. I could articulate it and make it funny. Right. And so now they're really coming to me and I'm like, so then I'm supposed to do it. The, chi- the uh, guys from China come to me and they want me to do a tour, f- five week tour at the end of the summer. In five China? Week tour in China. They like, Sue, we want you to be the, he- we want you to headline. I'm like, all right. I was in, so my career starting to pick up. I was in uh, LA shooting a pilot. I was in Boston headlining and the guy from China was like, uh, you know, May or something. And I'm going in August and he calls me and he says, Sue, we need your, your passport. And so uh, I said, oh, I need to renew it. I said, as soon as I get back to New York on Monday, I'm going to do that, even if I have to. Yeah. And they needed a couple months in advance, but yeah. I said I would fast track it, right? He goes, okay. He calls me on Friday. This is Wednesday. He calls me on Friday. He emails me, where's your passport? 
And I go, why the fuck? Here we go. The insidiousness, right? Because in my head, I'm like, and I could tell you like 700 million of these stories. Yeah. But I go, uh, I go, I have to set a boundary with this guy. I can't go to China by myself if this guy's going to push me around. So I say, I don't understand. I told you that I'm going to do it in the, when I get, I'm in Boston. I can't do it. Yeah. I told you that Wednesday. He goes, well, comics are unreliable. Wow. I said, well, can we just try to, Figure I haven't out? been re- yeah. unreliable. Can we not say I'm going to be unreliable yeah. until I... I was about to walk on stage on Saturday night to headline, and the guy emailed me, I'm, t- I'm canceling the tour. Wow. This is what they do to women. This is beyond. The sexual and the business are, are equal in the sense that if they can't get you sexually, they'll get you financially. Right. They, and I'm sure this is a thing that they torture people with, where they cut off your finances so yeah. you can't live. This is, what they, this is one of the moves that they would do with me, because maybe not the sexual So you think sexual. this guy had bad intentions bringing you to China? No, I think his ego got hurt that I stood up to oh, him. Oh, wow. And that's what they've done to me. They've whipped my work out if they have So they would problem. screw you financially. So right. financially. And he could say, well, I, had, I was uh, trying, you know, I, was I wasn't going to be like Harvey Weinstein, uh, but they don't really... See, that's the thing. They don't... Uh, financial abuse is also an underreported piece of yes, the entire... that's what I want to talk yeah. about more than the sexual. Underneath, the, the sexual stuff is a, is a tactic to get to the financial is what I want to talk about. You're getting really intense now. Because I'm really very clear Are about you? it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... So Do you <laughs> actually think women should be paid the same amount <laughs> yes, as men? Yes, and that's it. <laughs> And I think men should keep their dicks I, in their pants. That's it. It's simple. No, I, I actually, you know, believe that women should be paid the same it's amount so as men It's so crazy. At this point. But it, not only get so paid stupid. the same, this financial abuse is what I want to bring, the, yeah. bring to the In what surface. way? I want to talk. All I have to do is talk about it. And every woman in America is going to go, motherfuckers. That's what they were doing to me. So anyway, so, so they cancel my tour. And I'm sitting at my desk. And I'm like, I can't fucking take it anymore. I'm not taking this anymore. What am I going to do? It was like, the only way I describe it, too, is it's like a knife goes through your chest. It's like somebody takes a knife and slices it right through your chest. And you're supposed to pull yourself together. I'm like, I don't have any. I can't even book anything for the rest of the summer now. Yeah. Like, they just He just fucked me because of his ego. Can't go tell people. Nobody's trying to hear it. I wasn't going to go on any podcast and say, this guy. I, nobody was going to hear it before the Me Too movie. Yeah. So I, all of a sudden, this voice came down and said, Sue, go see Les Moonves. Whoa. And I emailed him. So this is what happened. I emailed Les Moonves. Everybody thought Les Moonves was God. You even said it. Head of Viacom, head of this, head of that, blah, blah, blah. I email him and I say, Les, they're coming at me. They're coming at me for, they want me to do a talk show and they want me to do a sitcom and I need advice. Can you give me advice? Can, will you meet with me? He said, sure. Really? So in 2017, so what I did was I went beyond all the little... Right. Went right to the top. But that never happens. Yeah. That does not happen. Right. It was like an unusual time, moment in time that set off a bunch of things that happened that you could never fucking expect. I don't even think he could expect it. Right. He said to me, Sue, I think you're ready for what's about to happen to you. Me and him should have said to each other, I'll see you in three years. Yeah. Because we're both going to go through the biggest shit storm we could ever go through. Because that's what, that's literally what happened. I met with him in, in his office by himself, by myself. 2017, the man did nothing sexual. Nothing. Yes, did he try to get my content? Yes, did he try to push me around fucking financially? Yes, that's what I was saying to my dad. Yeah. Like, they're not all free, but in terms of, I was alone, and, but, they, but nobody knew. Right. And if he was going to do something, he would have done something. Right. Right then in that room. And if he had done what they said he had done, why didn't he do it to me? Right. So you, so you think he got effed? You do. Look at that Not smile. Not only do I think it, I, I know it. How do you it. know it? A fucking attorney. I sat with this attorney, tried to fucking push me around last week. He took me out to lunch. I go, I think they framed him so they could push through the merger. He goes, they 100% framed him so they could push through the merger. And I was like, oh, and he almost passed out that he had said it out loud because I caught him off guard because he didn't expect me to say it. 
Really? Yeah, because he said to me that he he. Should we say we have no idea what uh, Sue Costello is talking about? This is her point on the whole thing and (laughs) the conversation she had. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. Disclaimer. No, but you did this because I want to get back to the Mayflower. I'm telling you. If you didn't bring the fact that I need to get back to the Mayflower, then I would go with you. But now I'm trying to protect my But this is how we're going to get back to the Mayflower. you want to get back to the Mayflower for the right reasons. You want to be able to hold your head No, we're going to get back to the Mayflower because this is it. This is the new way. There's no other way. The old way's gone. You got to be. This is it. I I have no idea what happened to uh, Les Bonvez. I told you we're going to be nervous I have no, when I, I talked about it. Huh. I'm just telling you what happened with me. Yeah. I'm just telling you what okay. happened with me. That's I what that guy said to you. Hmm? That lawyer said that to you. Said what? I don't remember. No, he said to me. <laughs> right. He no, he also your, said yeah. to me, he said to me, Sue, you were in the office with Les Moonves, and you could have went and told anybody what, that he did something to you and you didn't. Yeah. And that's when it really hit him. He was like, fuck, this girl has a lot of integrity. She didn't go tell anybody anything. Right. Because so you could have made up a story is what he's saying. And yes. you, d- you did not. And that was that was actually how he had to see me. Right. It took him that long to get around to see what kind of person I was that I didn't do something like and that. And that goes back to being born at three pounds. That's right. It all comes back around together. <laughs> it does. She appreciates life and what I she do. has. <laughs> I do. I'm very grateful. And I don't let fucking be. I didn't come this far to come this far. I didn't fucking. Yeah. I was so anyway, so long story short, so then he wants to make a TV show with me. He wants to do a sitcom. He knows. Right. He, he already knew my talent. Yeah. He needs it. He knows you could get the job done. They need a woman. Right. They're in trouble for sexism. Right. I slam dunk. Right. So he sends me to his people. And then it starts getting fucking crazy. I mean, I could go on forever about this, but they start getting crazy. And I had no idea why they were acting crazy in hindsight now because I circumvented the whole process by going straight to him. Yeah. They wow. didn't want me to go straight to him. And now they knew I was in the office with them. So now I could say that he didn't do anything to me. Right. And that helps his case. Yeah. But I couldn't. So then the whole, the whole year I go through all absolute insanity. And I don't know how I instinctually knew. I just instinctually knew not to go against my own best interest because I had done it for 30 years. And I was like, I'm not doing it again. I had no idea that this right. sex stuff was going on because I had never had that experience with yeah. him. So uh, they tried to. They tried to blow me off is what they did. And I knew how to do it. I waited six weeks to prove to Les that they didn't meet with me. And then I went back to Les. And he didn't know what was going on. And yeah. he's like, what? And then they, I, they were supposed to fly me out. Yeah. I said, fly me out. And they were like, we're not fucking flying. I mean, they went, they fucking tried went to nuts. rough me. Oh, my God. And right. then they sent me to a woman in New York and tried to get me reprimanded by the woman in New York. I didn't fall for it. Right. Then they flew me out there. Right. I, I pulled up my own NDA. They signed an NDA that um, to protect my IP, yeah. which has never been done before because they kept underestimating me because they kept thinking I was the old Sue and because I was by myself. I had no agent and right, no manager. Right, right, right. And then they gave me the deal in January and I kept trying to get attorneys to represent me and they were trying to fuck me four ways from sideways. I was like, no. One guy like cornered me in his office because my idea was so powerful. What was the idea? I can't tell you. Oh, we have to sign the NDA. Yes, you'd have to sign the NDA, and then I would cry for you. And <laughs> <laughs> you would finally cry. <laughs> and so then they were all acting like animals, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, oh, I'm sitting on millions, if not billions of dollars. And then I was like, I told Billions? Les, I told Les, yeah, because if it goes into syndication, I have a three-camera t- TV show. I'm right. a woman. I mean, it was fucking slam dunk, multi-camera TV show. Right. That's what they need. They don't have it. Right. Everybody's waiting for the hit. Right. 
and I remembered I had told Les a little bit of the idea because I only went to him for advice. Yeah. But I had told him a little bit of the idea, and he's no stupid. He knew what the fuck I was talking about. Well, of course he did. Right. So then I pull out the NDA and I blow their fucking minds, and then they have to sign. Then they sign it, and then I leave, wow. and then uh, they finally give me the deal, and I try to go to the to the attorneys, and yeah. I learned so much from the attorneys from them pushing me around. My father said to me, "My dad helped me during the whole time too because yeah. he's a fucking." Negotiator. Yeah. He goes, I understand what you're doing. He picked me up at the train one day. He goes, you're willing to take the hit so you can get the information. I go, yeah. He goes, you don't need me. He goes, you're the best <laughs> negotiator I've ever met. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Meanwhile, right? if this doesn't go the way you want it, he's got seven unions that he can set you up with. <laughs> and so anyway, so then I told you. This is like a, I'm, I'm living through a movie with this Sue Costello. It is going to be like a movie. They're probably going to make a movie out of it. It's fucking Who's going to play you, you think? I don't know. I'm probably too old. No. I'm joking. Well, that was a joke. That was like a callback no, to No, they Judy. always have someone else play you. That was a joke. I know, but who would play you? Again, let's go back to the Irishman. You don't need that. They just put the dots on your face and you could be... You're, I you was could play joking. It was a callback to the Judy thing. We're trying to get you funding. No, it was a joke. Yes. I don't Back to the Netflix thing because Judy said that they. Uh, oh, the too old thing. Yeah, so it was a joke, 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 joke. Yeah, but all right, fair enough. <laughs> you know what? I just did the guy thing where I'm going to try and solve the problem. I admit it, and I'm sorry. Stop trying to solve the problem. Let it be uncomfortable. Yeah, let's let I it. I like uncomfortability, and I like misery. <laughs> I like blowing I'm your things girl. off. I'm, your girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally like the perfect tee up for you. You're like, oh my god, Susan. I can't perfect tell you how many bosses me. came to me and went, "Why the fuck do you like blowing things up all the time?" I'm like, "Cause life's boring. <laughs> Cause I don't, none of this means anything to me. Nothing <laughs> right? means anything. So I'm like, oh, this is exciting for you. Really you're because you're making anything. all the real money. I'm I'm sitting here like bored, so now I got to blow it up again it and see what's next. <laughs> right? None of it. None it's of like, it. That's it's, what I'm finally around. It's all like, stupid. You. I'm like, what if I just say no? What if I fuck you? What if I just do what yeah. I want? That's what I started doing. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. What if I just don't do what you tell me to do? Right. Fuck you. What are you going to Trump does it. I'm going to do it. So I started saying, what if I do it for the good? What if I do it for. Where you at with Trump? Without Donald Trump, everything wouldn't have come up the way it's coming. I think he's a catalyst for everything. Of for the change course. That's going everyone. Everyone already thought this way, but they were hiding. Yes. And then Trump made it. Yes. Okay. Oh, my yes. mic's gone. Oh, see, they're, they don't want me to say this. <laughs> they don't want me to say this. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> listen to us. Well, so on, well. on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone thought this way. It's so obvious. Yes. And then Trump made it okay to come uh, out from the shadows and speak your mind so about So it's the same this. thing as the Me Too. It went really, really big, and it's going to reset. Right. Same thing with this. It's going to reset. Well, the Me Too movement, uh, then then they start separating into into factions when they when I think the women need to stick together exactly. to, at this You're point. absolutely right. Organ, you're, you're exactly right. Because I've, I've, I've studied a little bit, and there's one group that hates the other yes, group. I'm like, no, absolutely. you can't do that right now. I mean, say you it, because women, we need to learn from men, too, because say it. So they, so a guy came to me, a guy who works for the men's yeah. office. He's like, so you need to organize. And I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm going to do what I'm doing to set precedent so that other women right. want to do it. I'm not. Yeah. Trying to be the one that goes. But at this in. point, the women need to stick together. You can't. Absolutely. You have your differences. That's okay. We'll get to that eventually. But right now, it's really important that all women stick together right, to keep but, this whole movement but going. But what's behind that? Right. And not only that, the commodification of the Me Too movement is part of it. The fact that people were making money off the Me Too movement. There are people that have built their careers off this off of women being victims. And if the women stop being victims, then they won't make money anymore. So yeah. there's some of that going on. Gotcha. The press, the narrative. There's some woman wrote today about Tony Robbins is going to speak at some big, huge thing, and he's a sexual assault. I'm like, they don't give a fuck. Right. 
The guys don't give a fuck. No, Stop writing articles about them and giving them press. Write an article about. So I did that with Louis. Yeah. When the New York Times came to me about Louis, they were like vultures. Like, do you know anything? Have you ever been around him? And trust me, Louis was not my favorite person. Yeah. But I have integrity. Yeah. So when he they said that to me, I was like, is this a story to just take that? And this is hindsight. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know the whole. I said, is this a story to just take a guy down? And I remember thinking it through and being like, what if he th- kills himself? He has daughters. Like what? Yeah. And I was like, no. I'm like, wh- why don't you do a, like a, an equal article and, and mention women? Right. I've had maybe more success, like in terms of Louis. Why haven't I gotten big? Or it doesn't have to be me; it can be anybody. Right. And she was like, "That's not the kind of article we're doing." And then I started seeing, "Oh my God, this is like a." It was a hit piece. Yes. But he did those things, right? I have no idea. What he did. <laughs> but not see to how, you. Not to you. But I see how it goes to that, and then the the point gets taken away, and the point is what's going to make us move forward. Yeah. If we keep just saying, because that's what you do. I mean, that's like the the quintessential biblical sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Get put all your sins on Louis, make him go away, and then we have no more sins. That's what the sacrificial lamb says in I'll, the Bible. I'll tell you where I'm at with Louis. I I I feel like he should be able to continue his career at this point. He should be allowed to go on stage and do it. I think do if his Louis like, advertised himself, people would let him. What do you mean advertise? He doesn't advertise his shows. So in so he doesn't say, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be there. Yeah. He just shows up. Yeah. So in a sense, it gets translated as he's doing the same kind of thing, like sneak attacking oh, and not giving people sneaky. choice and then fucking spewing all over them. Like if it would take balls for him to advertise. He'd have to take some fucking That's slack. an interesting angle. I didn't know uh, he was taking that approach. Yeah, there's no, he's not advertising. But I mean, he didn't, I mean, you know, I, I think he's a creep. I think he's done creepy things, but, but I also. How many guys have done creepy things? Oh, uh, a lot. And what are we going to do? Take them all down? Exactly. <laughs> but my point is, be like, like whack them all. It would, would never get anywhere. <laughs> We're so busy. He he wasn't convicted of a crime, so he should be able to continue his uh, career. But I like your point that he's being sneaky about it. And and it's not. I that's like not that. a, like a. That's not a character assassination. That's a that's a mechanism. I I'm just paying attention to all the mechanisms that we're all trapped trapped in. That's causing us to perpetuate our own discomfort. The one thing about the Me Too movement, the hat. Oh my God! The I hat. never laughed so hard in my entire life. You're right, and you guys have a point. Like, why can't you guys have a point, even though it is I, the Me Too movement? Like, I'm very strong. I can listen to you, and then I can push back when I don't agree with you. Like, I to- the hat. I never laughed so hard. Mike <laughs> Britt made me laugh that night so hard I had to put it on video. He's like, Sue, listen, I'm all for what you're doing. Yeah. He's like, but who the fuck said I have a great idea? Let's put pussies on our head. He's <laughs> right. like, if that was me, I was crying laughing. I was like, he's like, if that was me and I ever yeah. did that, they would have thrown me out of that meeting. Well, it's when the guys are wearing the hat, too. <laughs> <laughs> the hat. But also here we I'm go. I'm distracted by the hat. I don't even know what's going on exactly. anymore. Exactly. It's like you're right, but look at how smart you are. Like that's what I'm talking about. About like if you give them one thing to attack when you're talking about something very uncomfortable, they're going to attack the thing you give them. It's like that's not empowering. Empowering means being clear, straightforward, calm, as articulate as you can be, and consider others. You have when you're negotiating, you have to consider others. So in terms of men, we have to consider men. Yeah. So I, I think we've come a long way, though. Absolutely. We're, we're getting there, right? Going back to what you said where the New York Times was saying, you know, coming to you with, well, this is our angle. Yeah, but you're offering a better, more intelligent, it's going to take us a little longer to get there because it's a discussion. But yeah, no, it's the, that if it bleeds, it leads. We're not, that's going to sell papers. That's not going to get people interested. We need to distract people because 
collectively, we don't want to have that conversation. Exactly, so, which takes us away from the business. So they kept, if essentially what they're doing, what the press is doing, is keeping us prostitutes. They're over-sexualizing yeah. us, re-traumatizing the women with all the sex stories and not letting them get their bearings so that they can continue on and do the business. So everybody's participating in this re-sexualizing and objectifying women. Well, here's the problem, though. Any group that's in power wants to stay in power. Exactly. That is right. That's and a major fucking problem. Exactly. So, you know, so, to do the right thing means, like, men will be less powerful and they, and then they're... they're cushy gigs go bye-bye so that but makes, it's already it going bye-bye yeah no i, I i'm just I, i'm just adding that uh that point to the uh the discussion i'm not saying it's right by the way i'm just saying that's what no, is I'm not, what I'm happens not the group like in power in very, wants to stay in but power i'm also in very much awareness costs. that change takes tremendous yeah. amount of fucking you know, work let's look at it with politics right now with the with the d- d- democratic primary race somebody who t- a group of people who took something bernie sanders said out of context and he's tried to explain the context. It was a private conversation I had with Elizabeth Warren two years ago where I said, at this time, if you blow the whole thing back, you know, pan back, at this time, I don't think a woman could be president. That's my opinion. They zoomed in on just that a woman can't be president and got a whole bunch of people whipped up. And then... Now- That's something he said two years ago? In a private conversation with Elizabeth Warren. I had no idea. He he was right. Yes. Oh, my God. See how the men... I never thought I was going to become a voice for men. I never... If you ever told me... Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. If you ever told me that I was going to be a a voice for men. But there is something about my... Right down the middle, my ability to see both sides that I'm really... He was right. A woman could not become president right now. You know when I uh, became more of a feminist? When? Have you recognized I'm a feminist? I like the way you're holding your arms. It does look a little bit more feminine. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> I noticed that you're more of a feminist because you let me on your show. Oh, really? I'm so grateful. I, uh, All the guys are calling me now, and I'm like, this is so... Yeah. I'm so grateful. Well, I mean, you know, I have the reputation of being a shock jock and all that, and, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, kind of... Looking at uh, women as uh, less, which was never true, by the way. I, but I certainly had fun with it on on uh, radio shows over the years. But when I just when I found out I was going to have a daughter, yeah, I instantly became a feminist. That's when I'm like, holy shit! Know what I said when uh, the doctor said you're going to have a girl? What? No! I screamed, and That's everyone good. looked at me in the God was in, punishing you. in the doctor's office. They all looked at me like, "What the fuck?" And because I, I know how guys are, and yes. I'm like, "No!" I, for me, at that time, I've come a long way since then. She's now seven. I was thinking, I, I it would just be easier to have a have another boy. But and even blah, blah, look blah, at that thing. Oh my God! But, like but my so thought systemic. right away was yeah. no, because I'm thinking. You know what I was thinking? The first time a guy comes over and wants to take mm-hmm. her out, and I'm that's like, I know guy what guys thinks. are capable of. But that's what every guy thinks. So why not just talk about and it? Then and then all of a sudden, you became a big fan of the Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you fucking white guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is, I love that I'm making you guys laugh in the middle of all this. In all seriousness, though, is better and deeper education an answer, a way, a path to, to evolve us collectively? I think collectively? Well, the only way to evolve us co- collectively is for me to c- continue to talk and, and wake. Like, what you just realized what I said by bringing that, and I, it made me happy. I was like, you're hearing what I'm saying because I'm saying it so calmly and I'm put giving... Uh, back up to it I'm showing you instances and then it's making you connect the dots and you're like oh yeah they just did that with Elizabeth so what I'm saying about what happened to me personally with the press and everything then you can you're starting to put it on and that's what happened what's happening with my play 
people are like, oh my God, oh my God, Sue's talking about what's going on in the country, collect like politically. I'm not. I, it's just my life story. It just so happens that time has, has, has caught up. And what I was doing with Costello is now happening in the play. And now everybody's like, oh my God, everything that Sue's talking about is what's going on in this country, reflective. And what happened with CBS? I have a fucking great show. I negotiated my own deal. It's a brilliant three-camera sitcom. But because they were trying to use me to fuck whatever they were doing, they didn't even see that. And what's going to come out is everybody, because I didn't let them do what they were trying to do. So now I still have my script. I'm still going to do my show. I'm never stopping. And people are going to be like, the one thing everybody keeps asking me is, why didn't they make your show? Right. It would have saved that. Why didn't they make your show? Yeah. And the more people said that to me, I was like, why didn't they? Wow. Because they were trying to stop my pro-woman show. Yeah. Take my idea. And then make me look like a whore. Every single person, if I let them do my show back then, when, when the less stuff was going on, every single person would have said, what did Sue do in that office with Les to get that deal? Wow. And all my negotiating would have went on, and they knew it. That attorney knew it because they knew the Les article was coming out. And fucking Mark Marin edited my podcast the day before, made it sound like I love Les, and then the Les article dropped, and I was like a fucking caged animal. And that's why Jared asked me how I did it mentally. Because I was like a caged wait, wait, fucking what ha- animal. Wait, what happened with Mark Marin? He edited my whole podcast and told me he did it. You were on Mark Marin and what happened? While you told your story. While I was negotiating story. my yeah. CBS deal. Okay. They were, I didn't know that the less article was coming out. They knew the less article was coming out. Where he looks like a pig and all that. Yes. So they okay. wanted to get my script before the article came out because I never would have fucking given them my script after right. the article came right, out. Right, right, right. So they also it, wanted to get me because I was the last woman say, in the office with them, so they were going to need me. So what did the, what did you say on Mark Maron's uh, podcast? I talked they, about the negotiations. They edited it out. He edited it all out to make it what sound part? like I loved less. All the negotiations, how they roughed me up, how they oh loved loved yes. Instead of sound. respected less, like you've well, been I just, saying, I here. do love. I did love him. He did. That's why I went back to him because right. he said I right. love. But at the time. I didn't know what was going on because even the sex stuff was so confusing to me because I was like, I'm what so the confused. F- Are you confused? No, no. I, it, so what Brendan and Marin did was take out what we just heard, the truth of the of the story, edit it in such a way that Sue was a super fan of Les's and and you were respected. He did give you a break back then. He, you never had an issue with him, uh, and you understood what kind of executive he was. You were able to put him in his place, but the public. The way this comes out on the heels of the story about Les. No, the day before. So it, they, they do that the day before. They tell me they didn't edit it. I go, Brendan, I know you edited it because I know what I said. He said, Sue, we didn't edit it. I have all the emails. I said, Brendan, you're fucking gaslighting me. And then the Les article dropped. I go, you motherfuckers. I go, the guy from the New York magazine who was going to write the story about my comeback. He was going to write a huge story about how no one, he said, Sue, no human being can suffer what they suffered with Costello. Come back at your age and fucking have a comeback. And, and he was going to do that. And then because of the way Mark edited the uh, thing and then the last article came out, it was exactly what CBS was trying to do. Then they, all they wanted was a sex story. They were like, what went on with you and Les? What went on with you and Les? And I was like, these motherfuckers. I'm like, I don't even want to be involved in they this. They missed and then, the entire point. Who did? No, the... the, the because of the way that podcast was edited, they missed the point of everything. They never knew what I negotiated. Well, right. So, but that's what the plan was. Nobody wanted to you know. Got, everything got buried, and you become another victim of this. Yes. Uh, uh, bullshit. Yes. And I would have looked. Everybody would have. I negotiated a deal that's unprecedented. I have points in my deal that nobody's ever had. 
they didn't expect me to not do what I did, so now I have the deal. And so eventually the deal's going to come out and everybody's going to hear what I did. I fucking outsmarted the motherfucker is what I did. And they don't want to admit that a woman did it. And I, I'm and completely I, And I love clear. the way you just phrased that, too. Let's go calling back to the beginning of the show with the, you know, you outsmarted those motherfuckers. I did. <laughs> I did. That's awesome. And they don't want to admit that a chick did it to them. And it took, can you imagine? And then afterwards yeah. they fucking tried to crush me so that I wouldn't figure out what happened. And they knew that if I went to attorneys, the attorneys would be either in bed with them or try to fucking say, oh, she's just a disgruntled woman. And I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you, and fuck you. Damn. And I will fucking never go down. And now all of a sudden I'm like. And then she smiles. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, that, was a, that was a precise number of fuck yous, which means mentally in her head she's just going around a boardroom up in Blackrock. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. She went, she went from intense to a hyena laugh. This Sue Costello doesn't play. No, I ain't playing. Oh I'm telling wow. you. I'm uh, not playing because they put me. I did not set out to do this. Yeah. I set out to have my career be back. Lawrence Fishburne wanted to take my show to ABC. Everybody was coming at me. My career was about to take off, and they fucking tried to hijack it and make me look like a whore. Right, and I so, will not fucking. So you'll it. still uh, you'll still make it happen. That's obvious. Oh so. my god! Not only am I going to make it happen now, I'm going to be able to lay it out like what real. I'm going to get it out of the. I didn't take any money. I didn't take the. Right. De- I didn't take the money from the deal. Right. They were asking me how. What do you want? They were going to. Then I would have to sign an NDA, and that's the other thing. I look forward to us both being on top high-fiving at the Mayflower in our bathrobes. We're going to show them who's boss. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh We're going to fucking tell them who's boss. Oh, my boss. God. Yeah, all right, calm down. Calm down. We're going to say, fuck you. Calm down. And fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. I get riled up. I can't help it. They crush me into a I diamond. Want, can you cry on uh, Q to the podcast? I don't know if I can now. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Pay women equally. Okay, I like that. Keep your dicks in your pants. Whoa, whoa. Yes, unless you way? ask. Oh, well, yeah, of course. And if you I want to hug that, a girl, this is the other thing. Guys. I learned like, that I don't lesson know if way I before the Me Too really crap. Mad, but I don't care if you get mad. Just say, can I give you a hug? I said that earlier. You did say it earlier. And some guys are like, I'm not doing that. It's like, well, then fuck you and fuck you. <laughs> I, I always ask. I'm like, can I have a hug? Yeah, and then right? that's I have so hope. comfortable. I do have hope. Five. What? <laughs> I learned that at the age of five. Well, you're a good man. That's why no, you're I was successful. brought up right, too, no, man. I'm joking. Because you said that, not because I said I was that. always respectful toward uh, the females, Suka Costello. And now you have a daughter. I'm telling you. And I have hope for her. Opie, you Unfortunately, I don't have hope you. for women that are um, going through it now. You want us to. Well, what we're going to do. Because I, I think the only thing that's going to really, truly help is time. But you guys are paving the way Do it where, for other women, yeah. where you're going to make it a lot easier for my daughter when she becomes uh, of Which age. is another thing and that I, I said. And I think she's going to have a lot more respect than... Uh, which than is the other thing I said in the WTF that he cut out. What? He tried to fucking tell me. He tried to say, Sue, you're trying to save the world? Yeah. And I said, no, stop putting words in my mouth. I just want to give people something else to look at. I want to change the lens. I want to show younger women yeah. that you can grow older and still be cool. And he edited it out. This Mark Maron sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> he cut it out. He edited it out. I mean, all. you know, like I said, <laughs> he's a super fan of Mark Maron. That's why I said no, that. No, now he's not. Now well, he's that's I, my eyes. Now I know why you don't like the Joker, because Mark Maron was in it as Robert De Niro's producer. I don't remember that's how effective yeah. his performance was. Half of it got cut, but uh, you know. I pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Controlling my podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> my mic went out again. They're all being controlled. What They're the gonna fuck? be like, don't let those two together. He's a weirdo. But he that's likes what cats happens. and stuff. But think about he? what I'm saying. He's one of those cat people, isn't he? Cat, he's a cat guy. But yeah. think about what I'm saying. They did me wrong and hurt my career, and I wouldn't have said anything. That's what happens with rape. Yeah. Women get raped, and then they try to blame the woman, and you're like, what? Of course. Because we have to, with same thing with rape and the same thing with, with this kind of abuse, you have to pretend it's not happening. That's why people don't always say something because it's so, like you said to me, that was the one thing you did definitely directly I only, I only said one good thing today? No, that, that, that thing that, that struck me when you said, <laughs> yeah. isn't it really hard to admit to it? Yes, it's really, really, really right. hard to admit to that level of injustice and right. be like, this is really how it is. But it was the only way that I was going to go around it. And then I started talking. Like, I literally am doing things that... Well, that's why a lot of women don't, don't uh, you know, uh, come out of the woodwork and, and talk about what happened to them because they know a lot of people aren't going to believe them. It's insane. And, but also, not it's only that, insane. people will say to me, I'll say, Mark edited my podcast, and they'll go, Mark's a very powerful man. And I'm like, look at how they hijack it. Look at how they say that because they're so trained to think yeah, that. You whatever. know what I say to them? And I'm a very powerful woman. He likes cats. That creeps right. me out. I'm probably more powerful. Are you? The Mark Maron? I don't cats. Cats are stupid. I agree. Well, to, to your point, Sue, they just brought this out in the last couple of days in the opening salvos of the Weinstein trial here in New York City. Uh, his defense is saying, but we've got all the, all these accusers. Well, why did they stay in contact with Harvey? And and uh, Elizabeth uh, or Gloria Allred for the for the uh, prosecution or whatever. Um, the defense. It, no, the prosecution. No, she's right, right, right. on the side of the women yeah, right. has been saying, yeah, because they had no choice and brought all these um, sexual abuse uh, doctors and, and psychiatrists and things like that are saying, well, because they're burying what happened, that's why they stay in contact. Or it's been such this, I need a job, or I'm put down, so I have no choice but to stay in contact with my... The other thing that they do, this is a big thing, that this is what they do. They abuse yeah. you so badly. Yeah. They abuse you so badly that eventually they always say, oh, she'll take the money. They abuse you so badly that the money, you finally feel like I have to take some money to show... For what they abuse me, I have to, and that's the worst way we fuck ourselves when we take that final little bit of money. That's the worst. It amazes me. I got to go to Robert's point. It amazes me how many people don't understand that point. Well, if it was so tough, why did they stay in that situation? And you explained it perfectly. No, it's ridiculous that more men, especially, don't understand that. But look at how I'm able to articulate it in a way that's more nuanced than just. They needed a job. I'm able to put specifics to what actually happens and how they do it and what, and what happens to me as a woman and how I had to... I, had to, I mean, women will say to me all the time, thank you, Sue, because it's exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting. And they do. They try to exhaust us because... And what, what, what's happened with me, though, is now I've become more, pow- more fueled, more powerful. I'm not exhausted. I'm ready yeah. to go because I, I knew I had to... I knew that contract. I knew all of it. I was like, this is going to help me change things for women. And I'm not doing it for myself. Right. I'm doing it because they pulled me into something. I did not ask to be pulled into this. I did not set out to stand up for women or to fucking stand up to anybody. I was trying to do my TV show. That's what I want people to know. Right. I was trying to do my TV show. I dug myself out of such a fucking hole after 20 years of not of Costello. Rebuilt my entire career. Everybody was coming at me, and they fucking tried to stop my career. That's what I want people to know. Perfect. I was not trying to do it. And and the other thing is, if I went along with what they framed me to do, what the way they captured me, is I would have been complicit. 
for every woman that came after me. I would have, if I said yes to it and just said, oh, it's too hard. Oh, I'll take the money. Oh, I don't care. Every woman that they abuse after me, I would be complicit, and right. I'm not complicit. So they, they, they essentially did what they do with sexual assault with me with business. They took me against my will without my consent. This fucking mic. This mic is crapping out. Sue Costello. That Thank was you. awesome. That's a good place to end this. Thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, anything you want to promote? Yeah, I'm going to be headlining in Boston yeah. on the 28th. Okay. And then in Portland, Maine, 29th. Well, this was uh, absolutely awesome. Right, Robert? Yes, this has been the highlight of my day. Sorry, this mic is... <laughs> Do you want me to... Uh, there. Well, this, this I is fixed very profound. it. Look at look, the man's it. mic went out <laughs> and my mic still oh, works. Hey, I planned the whole thing. I am in power. <laughs> I wouldn't that be funny if I like clipped it and I was like, now we're gonna change the narrative. I'm taking over the whole fucking show. I wanna thank Sue Costello. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only-